0: Indeed, captain's Brave on Saturdays, 11, 11, 30. Uh, the captain uh, and Tom Evans, what a show, 11, If you missed it, uh, you're missing a lot. Great guests. Uh, maybe that great their greatest guest uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. I'll elaborate on that uh, a little bit later. Of course, captain's company, Global Threat Solutions. Indeed, the Global Threat Report coming up. GlobalThreatSolutions.com for peace and mind. In uncertain times, you've got to go to that website. The company is just unbelievable, provides so many services. Go to the site, globalthreatsolutions.com. The aforementioned Captain uh, Kim Bombay and uh, we say a very good morning to you, sir.
1: Morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on.
0: Great having you. You know, Cap, I thought it would be a good time to kind of recap and and really kind of go over things as far as what transpired uh, in uh, 2023 uh, you know a, a couple of things you wrote down and I think they're great and we can uh, go over each and we saw it with Ukraine obviously uh, two years it'll be uh, in February late February uh, two years and no end in sight for this thing uh, Ukraine you know, so a lot of people uh, never anticipated this as far as the fight now listen they've been aided in a big way Billions and billions of dollars, uh, of course, coming uh, from the United States. Uh, maybe some other NATO lands as well. Not as much, though. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they've been aided by equipment. We talk about the Adams tanks. Uh, we talk about, you know, some of the uh, the, the aerial attack that was green greenlit uh, not too long ago. Um, but you know, without it, they get it. They'd be destroyed. But Ukraine has put up the fight. Russia has been diminished as far as their arsenal. Uh, with personnel and everything else, but the beat goes on, and that's what's happening uh, in that neck of the woods, sir.
1: That's right. So right now, Jay, as we watch this conflict, neither side has really made any significant advances, and and really the world hasn't been watching closely, but not much has happened. As uh, 2023 comes to an end, there's signs that both Russia and Ukraine are preparing for the long haul, uh, a long, continued fight, Russia has put its military and its economy on a wartime footing. And Ukraine, <clears throat> their operations in twenty-four are going to largely depend on weapons deliveries and funding from the West. And as you know and I know, we've discussed, that's at risk right now. You know, the U.S., specifically Republicans, are demonstrating Ukraine fatigue, and they've begun questioning the ongoing financial support that's been essentially rubber-stamped since the beginning of this conflict. Also, the focus on conflict with Israel. That has really uh, uh, been a challenge for Ukraine because, like I said, the world's really not watching right now. A lot of the attention of the world has been redirected to the conflict in Israel. And all of a sudden, the U.S. and the West are starting to question all of the money they've been putting into Ukraine. Um, so if we were to do a recap real quick, if you remember very quickly, it, it, 2023 began with huge blackouts. It was darkness in Ukraine because Russia was targeting their power grid. Um, there was also, moving forward in the spring, it was all the talk was about the big spring offensive of Ukraine, and there was a lot of hope that that was going to really push to the Russian lines and change the tempo of this war. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. The Russians prepared all through the winter and spring, massive defensive positions, landmines, and really they were they were stalled, and not much progress was made. They were trying to cut off this land bridge from Crimea to Russia, and that was really... Um, unsuccessful. One thing Ukraine was able to do is Russia had shut down um, with using naval operations. The Black Sea-Green Deal had fallen through, and they've shut down commercial shipping over there, saying any ship that came through would be considered a threat. But uh, it's amazing, Jay. uh, A country without a real Navy, Ukraine, was able to start launching attacks on the Russian Navy and push their ships out of the region, or at least push them back to a position where commercial shipping was able to continue and they've actually been able to establish and build a little on their economy during this conflict where now they're looking at about three and a half percent growth in twenty twenty three is predicted so that's where we stand right now but i would say the big uh, uh... question is the continued support financial support as you know congress pushed this till january at a minimum and we'll see what happens with that because it's tied very specifically to border security, and I don't think you're going to see any funds come unless they do something significant at the border.
0: Yep, no doubt, and I'll tell you this, with Ukraine stuff, as I mentioned uh, to you, sir, uh, I think there's got to be something on the table, uh, some plan, some long-term deal to end this conflict, to try, I mean, if you're the leader of the free world, as supposedly the President of the United States is supposed to be. Anything but, though, anything but coming out of this administration, uh, instead of that open checkbook all the time for Mr. Zelensky when he makes his way into Washington, uh, he should be fed a plant of some sort here, find a solution. Cannot be uh, copious amounts of money all the time. Uh, and that is my only thing of concern as we get uh, into 2024 and turn the page and getting into two years. Now, let's get to China as far as the recap. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, Cap, the spy balloon, the beginning of the year, uh, the situation in Cuba as far as uh, having a base there to uh, see what's happening within the United States confines there, uh, you know, the uh, ongoing uh, intensity of how they handle Taiwan, uh, the back and forth. We know there is a relationship as far as Putin and Russia and everything else with Xi G making his way to San Francisco about a month ago to meet with the president of the United States. Uh, What was actually done and said and accomplished, who knows? You're going to tell me you're cutting down on the chemical production uh, 35% as far as the compound making up fentanyl. Uh, what are we supposed to enjoy, embrace that with seventy thousand Americans uh, who have lost their lives to this poison from the southern border and everything else? This stuff coming in, manufactured, sent down to Mexico into this country by these cartels. I mean, come on! I mean, quite frankly, uh, we're not strong. We, we 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 show zero strength when it comes to China and how to handle it. Thus, the tensions and everything else. You you've got a sense of the disingenuous nature of President Xi when, he's made, when he made his way into California uh, a little over a month ago, uh, quite frankly, you know, it's, it's still a wild card as we turn the page into the new year, Cap.
1: That's right. So ch- China remains, you know, the greatest geopolitical threat that we've faced. And I think America has started to learn, you know, and understand that there, the views of Americans have significantly changed. On China over the last year, um, what I would say is that right now China's influence continues to grow despite these massive uh, economic challenges they face back at home. Their ambition continues. One thing we've talked about, Jay, is the BRICS alliance that they're a part of—Brazil, Russia, India, and China—is how that started, and now they've added South Africa. But you know it started as just sort of a a term i think it was goldman sachs that coined it because it was an investment Re- these were countries that investors were targeting however yeah. it's become a legitimate entity now they have regular meetings and this brics alliance is makes up 27% of the world's land surface and 42% of the global population and they have like i said russia india china these are significant com- countries that also are big powerhouses in the energy uh, industry. So it's something to keep an eye on right now. It's growing in numbers of members and also in in influence right now. Uh, U.S.-China rivalry obviously intensified. It started off this year with the, over the uh, pandemic, you saw the pandemic was still raging in China, but that has also drawn a lot of attention and investigations in the U.S. as far as exactly what happened there. Right now, Jay, as we speak, Negative perceptions of China in the United States reached a new high. They have 83% of adults holding unfavorable views of China. And that's a a big change. Um, The strain between the U.S. and China goes so far, like you mentioned, it goes beyond spy balloons. The the spying efforts, just spying efforts alone, they have these land, they've been purchasing their military bases. Secret Bio Lab was found in California, these secret police stations in New York City, uh, spy base in Cuba, like you mentioned. Obviously, we also face these Taiwan uh, tensions between in the Taiwan Strait, South China Sea. They've been very provocative with U.S. military assets. We've seen that, naval and air confrontations. And it was just an extended period with no communication between the U.S. and China. That Just like weeks ago, they started to normalize um, relations between our military, militaries again in communications, regular communications. So... China is definitely something to watch as we go into 2024. That threat's not going away. Um, but I, I think it's probably, again, with all of the threats we face, geopolitically speaking, that's the biggest threat that we face right now, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, with the relationship, I, I still feel it's it's somewhat cold. Uh, and again, you know, I, I, I use the word disingenuous as far as Xi is concerned and has... His look towards this country and certainly that meeting that took place out in San Francisco. The uh, captain with us, the Global Threat Report, report as we kind of recap the ladies and gentlemen, some of the top storylines here uh, of uh, 2023. It sends us to Iran. Uh, and, you know, listen, what's happening right now in the Middle East, the funding of these uh, terrorist uh, organizations, uh, they are uh, certainly at the center of it all. We know that uh, with Hamas, Hezbollah. Uh, the Houthis, you can say, part of Yemen and everything else. But it all, all revolves around uh, how Iran kind of operates and gives the orders. Uh, obviously, the attacks on the bases since October the 17th, about 103-plus cap at this point in time. I go back to that, uh, that uh, despicable, deplorable uh, deal that was set forth in 2015 with then President Obama. Only to be ripped up uh, by President Trump and to be resuscitated by Joe Biden uh, with this nuclear deal and uh, all the money and the $6 billion. I don't want to hear about frozen assets and money. They can't touch it. Stop it already. Uh, there is still a revenue stream as far as the oil production and everything else. The sanctions uh, are not tight enough. Thus... The reasoning why iran does what it does and again it is the same area in my estimation when you smell the weakness of what's happening here with the united states as far as the power in the white house and everything else guess what uh this is what happens okay this is what happens you see what's happening around the world this is a derivative of the fact that they think they can get away with it and they are and basically iran right now is doing as it wishes cap
1: that's right So uh, I would say exactly what you said, that, you know, we have these continuously deteriorating relations between the U.S. and Iran. We've seen that in 2023. Specifically, the Iran nuclear deal has pretty much dissipated, but uh, it's something I'm not broken up about, because I don't think you could have legitimate deals with people you don't trust. Um, And then we move on. That was the the one thing. Then you move on to the prisoner swap deal, which is disastrous, I believe. That's my opinion. The $6 billion given... Uh, in Iranian, returned in Iranian funds. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy about it. President Biden says, well, they can only use it for humanitarian efforts. And I think since that time, because of the next big incident that took place concerning Iran, the, the attack by Hamas on Israel, they have since uh, not provided those funds to Iran, but that was due to a tremendous amount of pressure. Now, we have the most recent um problems facing the U.S. and Iran relations, which is the attack on Israel. That's ongoing and and it has moved beyond and it threatens right now, Jay. First of all, there was intelligence that indicates Iran was was involved in supporting that attack in the first place. Then you have the threat of a regional conflict um, exploding right now because Iran is ordering these proxy groups in Syria, Iraq, then in the Red Sea to be Mm -hmm. launching these attacks. Against anyone, you know, favorable to Israel specifically, the U.S. I think yesterday we were at 106 separate attacks on U.S. assets. So Israel is at the forefront of challenges for the U.S. as we move into
0: 2024. Yeah, uh, lots of challenges, and we spoke about it yesterday, Cap, with the retaliatory strike. Finally, uh, Joe Biden giving the call as far as a bit of retribution here. Uh, but you can certainly get a sense that uh, it should have been done a long time ago. And, uh, and, and that's what it's all about right now. You mentioned the Red Sea and the attacks of the ships, the Eisenhower, the Ford, and, uh, and all others present right now. And uh, listen, you got to send the signal uh, that uh, this is the United States of America. We are indeed the greatest country on the planet. And uh, you are not... going to have any of this nefarious activity in our neck of the woods where we are right now so uh, a little bit of a message not strong enough in my estimation should have been a lot sooner the captain with us of course the global threat report that brings us to north korea cap and kim jong-un and everything that goes around with him uh, with his uh, with his toys and firing off ballistic missiles left and right the vitriol towards the South and everything else with Korea, South Korea. Uh, And the beat goes on. He has his meetings, of course. He has his relationships. We know, especially with that of Putin and supplies and whatnot. Uh, Putin has his friends out there and Xi and and Kim. We know that. But North Korea, you know, you can't take your eye off North Korea for one iota of a second uh, for how they behave.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, I, I think a great way to sum up the relations between North Korea and U.S. in 2023 has just occurred this last Tuesday at the U.M. when uh, the North Korean leader spoke in, in uh, or his representative, and they said basically 2023 was an extremely dangerous year, and they're saying that the U.S. is trying to provoke a nuclear war. You know, this is what we've dealt with for decades with North Korean leadership. Basically, they're they're unstable, they're erratic, but they were somewhat stable in their <laughs> in their erratic behavior now there are differences they're also they're not only saying that we're trying to provoke a nuclear war they're saying that um, we're trying to form the Asian version of NATO and I think that's interesting to note because we've seen this kind of axis of evil forming and right. same thing the Putin's been saying about NATO and how we're trying to threaten Russia's sovereignty now North Korea is saying that and another note is that although you know, in the U.N., it is uncommon for them to have such strong language used in the U.N. setting against the U.S. So it's a little bit different right now. I think we're seeing this alliance form between Iran, North Korea, Russia, China, and we're going to have to keep a close eye on that.
0: Yep. And uh, certainly a close eye continues on the border, as we spoke about yesterday. The numbers are just uh, Astronomical. Uh, as far as the last couple of months are concerned, the close of this year out. Uh, since uh, Biden's been in that White House, 8 million-plus encounters capped, 2 million gotaways, terrorist watch list uh, individuals who have been stopped. Uh, certainly the cartels are having their way, the human trafficking and, and everything that has uh, been going on there. The, the uh, ridiculous, fraudulent optic of what we spoke about yesterday with Blinken uh, and Mayorkas. Secretary of State, Homeland Secretary, uh, heading down to Mexico to meet with the Mexican president, talking about the situation at hand. We know that's going to equate to nothing. Uh, They have no intention of doing anything about it. Uh, As far as the three things that we spoke about yesterday, A, finish the wall, two, uh, you want to really set things uh, in good fashion, well, guess what? put title 42 back in place shore up this border don't allow people to come in take a break a little bit i'm all for letting people in and having a better life but we have to do it the right way we know it's not being done the right way for whatever reason to me this is the number one issue the number one issue heading into this coming year okay when we come to november the 5th people have to have this in mind you look at the situation the spillovers into our cities look what's happening in new york city right now with the $12 $12 billion price tag if this thing is not fixed uh, in 2025. Listen, I can go on for another 30 minutes. Number one issue for me, Captain Bombay, is this, this border crisis.
1: That's exactly right. And we mentioned China as the greatest geopolitical threat. I would say that the greatest domestic threat, although some of the threat that's coming across that border is obviously coming from other countries, including China with the Fenton. Um, it's unbelievable. It's been a year of records, Jay. So we had 2.4 million encounters at the southwest border, more than 3.2 million encounters nationwide. We had 276,000 migrant encounters in December, since December 1st, and since October, 730,000. And that December number is the highest number in the agency's history of the Border Patrol reported this December, 276,000 plus so far. We're not even done. Um, so these numbers are astonishing. And as we see now, they they send to show a, a uh, symbolic effort that they're trying to make changes at the border. They send uh, Mallorcas and Blinken down to me to Mexico City. A lot of the things they're talking about are not uh, stemming the flow, but rather dispersing it. Mexico is asking for us to open up new ports of entry to get all their people into our country, which is insane. Mm. I can't even believe we're entertaining this right now. um... But just some numbers in fiscal year 2023. Encounters at the southwest border increased over 40 percent since 21. Uh, Last month, U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported 40 percent increase compared to September 21 and 18 percent compared to September 22. Also, the thing that really scares me, Jay, is who is coming across right now? In fiscal year 23, we arrested 35,433 aliens with criminal convictions, 598 known gang members, including 178 MS-13 members, and 169 individuals whose names appear in the Terror Watch list entered in fiscal year 2023. Um, Or or those were the ones who were stopped. Jay, forget about the ones that were that we don't know about that are probably in our country plotting right now. These are the things that really terrify me. And also the amount of fentanyl that has come into the country in fiscal year 2023, 27,293 pounds of fentanyl, enough to kill more than 6 billion people, Jay. So I would say this is the definitely the greatest domestic threat we face as we speak right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, no question about it. You're dealing with so much around the world and this border. And now within the confines of this country, we saw what happened in Colorado as far as an individual being taken off that ballot, but put back on until the Supreme Court, by the way, uh, comes into play there. And, of course, what happened yesterday in the state of Maine with the former president, Donald Trump, uh, won't be on the primary ballot there. Again, the state secretary of state ruled He's not qualified based on his attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. My goodness. Uh, the Secretary of State, Shanna was a Democrat. And the 34-page ruling, I think it was yesterday, last night, stating that his primary election petition uh, is invalid. If we keep having these types of incidents, Cap, uh, I-, I tell you one thing. It is going to lead to something uh, that is not good. Uh, in this country, I'll tell you that much voters have to make those decisions can't have these types of individuals because of their dislike uh, for an individual Uh, you cannot uh, usurp what this country is all about and that is being a democracy that's a a terrible job by Bellows how she handled this thing I would imagine it will go to a higher court uh, eventually and hopefully a sensible ruling here
1: that's right. And Jay, you know, this has become like a Democratic Party popularity contest. They just want to throw their name in there as one of the people that tried to remove Trump from running. The whole everything's based on this insurrection uh, the January 6th incident. Listen, nobody agrees that should have taken place. To suggest that was an effort to take over the country is ridiculous. I mean, who would who would think that you could even make an attempt at taking over America without one gun? Not one gun. We just had clowns enter the Capitol. Um, It's basically a glorified case of criminal trespass. So to suggest that that's a legitimate insurrection is ridiculous. And that's what they're hanging their hat on. That's what this whole movement to remove him from the ballot. You don't want Trump, don't vote for him. But we should have a Democratic election to determine who's going to be the next president.
0: Yeah. Uh, Listen, uh, to think that uh, a ruling of this nature would have had him in a conviction process of insurrection uh, and everything else that took place of January sixth, that wasn't the case. Now you can make a sense. Did he rile? Uh, did he? Did he uh, kind of uh, you know get everybody up and up and about? Uh, you know, go to the Capitol. Blah blah blah. You know, listen. Uh, it is what it was. But to condemn this individual based on that is just wrong. It's wrong, uh, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on honestly uh if you're for them you're against them it's a terrible thing uh, that has taken place in this country now for them to usurp the process certain individuals in these states to usurp the process of what this country was founded on of what this country is all about uh is uh is a perilous situation for all i'll tell you that much cap well done uh we loved having you on in 2023 we look forward uh to 2024 your show especially is lights out the captain's brief uh i read that there's a very special guest in play uh maybe your best guest ever i don't know if that's true but all in all we look forward to saturday mornings can you give us a preview yeah
1: i will and you're exactly right the greatest guest we've had on our show yet which is the great jay oliver he's going to be coming on He's going to be coming on, and we're going to be recapping 2023 for the captain's brief this week. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to cover some of these um, uh, biggest topics of 2023 concerning national security, law enforcement, crime, and then uh, I look forward to a a great 2024
0: on 103.9. Hey, listen, um, when you had asked me, I was honored. Uh, I had a check with my agent, uh, who had a check with uh, one of the higher agents in our group, who had a check with the other guy, but quite frankly, all kidding aside, uh, it took me about two seconds when I finally said to myself, base finally asked me on a show. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, we look forward to it. You and Tom Evans, what a show you put on. Can't thank you enough for all the reporting. We look forward to a lot in 2024 with you. How's that?
1: Thanks, Jay. Look forward to talking soon.